Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with host Davin and Kyle. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to y'all from the new episode um, talking about Jets minicamp and much more. But other than that, my my other co-host right here, Kyle, just came back from Jamaica. I know he's feeling good about his vacation. <laughs> not, not only that, the Suns is in the Western Conference Finals. So congrats, congrats, sure. man. I know you're feeling real good. Yeah, just um waiting to see what's gonna, you know, pop off with this whole uh COVID situation with CP3. You know, as I'm I'm hoping for this game seven to happen with um the Jazz and uh the Clippers so you can get a little bit more time to, to recoup and get back out there. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean either way. I feel like Chris Paul will come back. I think I think they could go to the finals because um, now Kawhi, Kawhi, I think he tore his ACL and oof. Not I think I think the Suns are hungry, man. So shit. yeah, again, shout shout out to your team, man. Y'all y'all definitely deserve deserve whatever <laughs> that's coming to y'all, man. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's get started. Um, earlier the reports was that. Morgan Moses and JD and Jets is working on a multi-year deal. So um, that that right there was just crazy because we we definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, how how do you feel about the news and what what uh, Morgan can bring to the team? Um, I said I'm I'm happy with the news. You know, anytime they you know you can bring in a. a a solid veteran guy that can, you know, come in and start right away. You know, that's always a good thing. Um, I would say if you look back, you know, this is something, even though it's been different GMs, like this seems to have been like an MO for, you know, the Jets for the past, you know, some years behind. Uh, you think about veteran guys that we brought in that, you know, came in and contributed, like the you know, the Jumbo Elliots, the the Fanicas, the um, Damian Woodies, you know, uh, they come in, you know, and they just play, you know, they've been solid pieces to, you know, our offensive lines, you know, coming in. So I, I can see, uh, you know, if they get this deal done that, you know, Moses comes in and, you know, he can be a, a solid piece like how those guys were um, for us in the past. Yeah, I mean, to me, <laughs> um, it, this it's a definite upgrade for us. But you know, it's it's an it's a great addition for the team as well. So it's this questions to this because we know that we know that Moses played right tackle, um, like fan. So I was talking, I had a quick conversation with Joe Blewett and Andrew Golden from um, Just X Factor. Shout out to them and the team as well on Twitter. And Joe said, you know, um, if you can move Moses to right guard, you know, then and he's willing to do it, you know, he's 100% for it. Um, and then Andrew said, basically like, listen, you know, it's good to get your top five guys out there, but then you don't want to kind of mess up that chemistry or that balance. So mm -hmm. to me, I know that Fant played left left guard at um Seattle and didn't go too well. He had a decent season at right tackle. And it's it's tough because you know I said maybe he could go to right guard and then some of the fans got they ain't jumped on me, but they was just like, you know, I don't think that suits well for him. 
and, and the questions are, is is Van Roten, which which I know you're not a fan of Kyle, <laughs> going to give <laughs> us a, a decent season after not playing too good last season? Like is like is Fant willing to transition, or is <laughs> or is Moses ready to transition? This this is very tough, but it's a great addition for the team to keep to keep having guys that can protect Wilson. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, like I I see it the sense. Um, I would say you would put if anything you would put uh, Moses to play the position that I guess he feels the most comfortable with. And then from there, you then look to fill that gap. So if he's willing to do, you know, right guard, then so be it. Um, you know, that would be, for me, that would be great because I just don't care for, um, you know, Van Rotten at all. And by doing <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? By doing that, you know, you're you're freeing up just about just over three million dollars in cap space, you know. But you know, in the same instance, uh with, with George Fent, if you release him as well, or if he gets cut, you know, that's it's almost an identical amount of money being saved. The only difference is with um Fent, you have a bit of a dead cap, which is almost double uh what you know the the, the savings are. Whereas um, Van Rotten's dead money would only be 250K. So, you know, from a financial standpoint, it's definitely a better situation for them, you know, to move um, Van Rotten, which I also think is, a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's an older, older player than, than Fant. So hopefully, you know, if, as like I said, if uh, Moses is willing to play guard, then that's great. But if not, then uh, I'm not sure how well Fant, you know, fits the the scheme of, you know, playing guard. I, I saw some things, um, if I'm not mistaken, earlier. I can't remember the the source at the moment, but um, it was speaking to the fact that Moses said was was putting it out there that he would sign here with the um, notion that he was going to play tackle. So. Um, you know, that's remains to be seen. Uh, but like I said, if anything, if he goes to tackle, we'll, we'll see what happens at, at right guard. But I'm saying for the rest of the line, the fact that, you know, we have, um, you know, Becton and uh, Farrah Tucker mm -hmm. and McGovern, you know, like at least we know that the left side is good and with the, the addition of Moses, you know, that's only one piece, you know, that's one piece that's also should be solidified. So now it's just to find that, that last piece to plug in to, you know, sure up the line. Yeah. And for me, it's just the fact that the matter is that Fan actually did okay last season. I'm not saying it was like, oh, you know, the best, but he, he actually did okay they good enough and will he be willing to give that right tackle you know slot to him and if so does he know that he might transition the right guard and just let you know like cam like cam clark 
or Alex Lewis battle for you you know for for certain spots. So right, it's very tough. It's to me, it's just very tough, Kyle. And and I'm sitting here like like this is probably the one time I'm going I'm going to my head and I'm like, damn, how's how's this right right side gonna work out? Right. Because it's not it's not if you're not like we sitting here saying, oh, you know, it's a rotten apple, but it's a beautiful orange on the side. Like, no, we <laughs> we we going by two two great two great two good things, you know. So as long as they want to help out Wilson and the offense keep building and getting powerful, then why not? But we we'll definitely going to see what happens as time moves along. The deal is not officially done yet, but they are working on the deal. So if so, then that's a great addition for JD. Let's okay. move along to Crowder. This this right here, we was talking about this last week. Um, we we spoke and you spoke on this too, Kyle. Like, I don't know where your imagination came from with this 4.5 to 5.5 mil, but it sounded like it happened. He took half the pay cut. Right. And Crowder um gave 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 great compliments to um to Salah and said basically, you know, this is a different feel. Of course, took you taking a shot at gaze. Even uh Van Roten took a shot at gaze. Um <laughs> so in in all reality, Kyle, um what what does this mean for, for Crowder that that took had that took a half a pay cut just to stay with the Jets? Well, my my take on this is the fact that I think Crowder pretty much knew um from the fact that the Jets drafted um Elijah Moore and then hearing all the reports of what Moore is actually doing in camp. Like for for Crowder, it was in his best interest to come to a place where, you know, he can, you know, have some sort of success. Because even in his uh, you know, with a one-year deal, he needs to be able to to put up numbers to show that he can get this, you know, less one more deal, you know, out of the way because you know, with him turning 28, you know, his, you know, the cock is uh, ticking on him. So my thing is, he come in, he can, if anything, be a valuable asset, you know, as a mentor to, you know, more to add to whatever skill set he, you know, more has. And, you know, just we, my thing is also, it's, it's great to know that, you know, that he's staying just for the premise of, the depth at wide receiver we at. So, um, we was looking, so I saw somewhere and they was looking at the, you know, the depth chart and literally legitimately we have a set A and a set B of wide receivers that right. um, can be productive, especially if, you know, as Wilson is on his game. So that's, like I said, just, just the fact of having him, having him and, the veteran uh, presence, as well as, you know, from a depth factor, because there's just a thing about it that, uh, you know, Mims has been really designated to the second, the second group of wide receivers. So that just goes to show you uh, the level of talent that's, that's now present in the, you know, in the wide receiver room. Right. And the crazy thing is that 
you know, JD plays plays a little hardball when it comes to them contracts. And remind you, Mac yeah. was the one that gave him that big contract. And JD just had to JD, you know, he played this, he played the game right. I want right. to keep you. But it's at the minimum. <laughs> you right. know, and it's it, it's great to see that Joe Douglas has that that leverage. And for Crowder, he can win this situation too because if he doesn't want to come back because he know Elijah Moore is going to shine with that team, he could shine somewhere else. A team, basically, a team that actually could could need him, and he could be on the Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, you know, and still get a decent contract at the same time. So this is no to me. This this right here is a no love loss. This is this is okay. I want to see what Salah is doing. And him, okay, I want to see what my, con, you know, I want to see also what my contract is, what, you know, where I could go to get a better contract. But if I do good and just still want me for a decent amount of money, I might stay as well. So, right. to me, this is this is no love loss. Um, I think a lot of Jets fans is happy to keep Crowder. But even if it's half off, you know, you're still winning. <laughs> right. And I would say lowering, lowering that price tag also – makes him movable if necessary because you know reports out of camp is that uh burials has been you know balling out too so if you get down right. to it you know where you need a situation where you can be like okay we're not where we need to be or whatever we can move a piece now to you know to gain more assets next year on top of what, what you, you know what we already have you know mm -hmm. a veteran guy like him you know who was a premier slot guy for the past couple of years, you know, can, you know, maybe fetch a third or fourth rounder, you know, next year, especially mm. with his, um, his number being, you know, his cap number only being like four, four and a half million. Right. You know, and this, like I said, this wide receiver group, oh, we went, we went through a lot with the wide receiver group. I don't know if you remember, uh, Jermaine Curse, Andre Roberts, um, yeah. Sean Matthews, Deontay Burnett. Ooh, yep. Sharon Peak. Oh my goodness. What <laughs> what was going on that year? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we came a long way for this. So, you know, I think at the end of this, we should be very excited to have a new, a new, a new and fresh good lineup. <laughs> I had to remind y'all, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got update. On on the veteran QB, we know that Mullen signed with the Eagles, um, yeah. but but Salah said him and JD will will uh, make a decision after minicamp about the veteran about sign even trying to bring a veteran QB, and also with the cornerbacks too because I know a lot of us have been talking about the cornerbacks for months. They basically, as Salah said, they're keeping their young guys. And he and he learned that from uh, Pete Carroll down in Seattle, I guess, when he was with him down there. Um, how do you feel about those comments? Um, like, I can definitely, uh, I guess, see the, the, the logic in waiting till after minicamp to see what you have already with, um, you know, with the, the QBs that you have in camp to see exactly, you know, what the, what, type of progression they would, you know, put forth, you know, learning the new system. Um, I would say at this point, you know, there are a couple, like the, 
the veteran pool right now is is very skimpy, like extremely skimpy. Uh, I can, at the as far as free agents, the only one on that list that I would even consider would be RG three, and that's still like an F for me. You yeah, know, that's a reach. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a and I said there's a couple of um. There's a couple of guys also, actually, no, I'll, I'll take that back. There's also one more guy that I would see, and I can see him being brought in more so because of who he played for uh, the previous year, which is uh, Matt Barkley. The fact that he played in mm. Buffalo, you know, maybe he can come in and just, you know, do like we know what Belichick normally does. You know, he brings in guys from division teams, you know, to, I guess to pick their brain as much as what's going over there in Buffalo and, you know, just have them on board, you know, and those type of guys that, you know, normally gets released from, you know, a team and they go into a division team, you know, they're looking for that, their new teams, you know, to, to beat their old teams, kind of, you know what I mean? So I can definitely uh, see that as a case, you know, and if not, you know, who knows? Maybe they trade for uh, a Foles, or maybe they wait until uh, you know the end of the end of uh, camp and starting preseason when cuts start to happen. You know, depending on how well Wilson does, they might feel confident enough that they can hold off from getting a new quarterback till then if Wilson is doing great. Yeah, and you know, my thing is is that I feel that. That's what's going to happen after preseason. There's going to be some guys that that interest the team, and they just going to be like, "Well, we already have a 53 man roster. You know, we probably might not be able to keep you on the practice squad, and basically, we'll, we'll get a still. So, right. I can I can actually see it more so being the preseason thing. Like I said, if if they was to get foes, that's you know to me that's Okay, that's a veteran quarterback who won a Super Bowl. He could teach him some things here and there, you know, and then that's about it. But with the cornerbacks, we can all we can always get more after the preseason. But, you know, like I said, it's a young group that's gonna that's gonna have to learn. So if you feel like you don't need to bring bring in a veteran guy, then we should we should know why. You know, we need we need I guess we just need some young guys. We don't need no older guys, you know, it's good to have, to have a veteran guy, but at the same time, the only they know, the only they, they know what they want to do. So maybe, maybe if they don't bring nobody in this season, maybe free agency, they'll look, they'll look at some guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very interesting, man. It's just very interesting. It's nerve wracking, but yeah, <laughs> it's very, <interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> very nerve wracking, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's let's move on to um to the mini camp, um, the holdouts. Of course, you know Aaron Rodgers, um, Stephon Gilmore is 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 kind of interesting because he wants the third contract. You no, know, he wants the you know the big money deal, and I think he's turning thirty one. But Belichick, they said Belichick is not that guy that pays guys three times, especially, you know, the big money. So, okay. so you got Xavier and Howard, um, his, his uh, situation is unique, but he's not getting fined. Um, of course, Chandler Jones from the 
from the uh, Cardinals. And 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 I very own Jamal Adams, even though they mm-hmm. said it was for um what was it? It was uh you know personal reasons, so he won't get fined or nothing. But but some said it might be because of his contract situation. So so who's so so who basically who 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 is more important out of all of these players? Because I feel like all of them are important to, to that team. So I don't know. Um Obviously, well, you know, the obvious, I guess, first choice of all the holdouts is um, is uh, Rogers. You know what I mean? Like, he's the main, the main guy that's you know of all the holdouts. Because uh, if he he doesn't show up, which I'm I'm pretty sure he's not. You know, Green Bay is going to be you know in for uh, a rough season coming up. You know, um, as far as some of the other guys. Um, I'm not sure to say like right out because a lot of these guys are veteran guys. And then if you think about it, um, history shows that some of these veteran guys, once they're, you know, in their seventh, eighth, ninth season, you know, and there's contract come, you know, talks or whatever, these guys normally uh, use that as a reason not to report to camp because they just don't want to come to camp, you know, like, you know, think about uh, with Revis, you know, when Revis was having mm. his contract issues, you know, he didn't, I, at the end of the day, I just believe he didn't want to go to camp, you know, because if you think about the guys that we're talking about, you know, the Gilmore, the Howard, the Chandler Jones, you know, those guys are, there's no, there's no question marks about them. You know, those are guys that have um, played and produced at a high level, you know, on many right. occasions. So, I, I think a lot of them just feel, you know, because of their experience, the camp, not to say that it's not important, but for them, it's not uh, a key factor in how well they're going to be able to, you know, contribute during the year. Yeah, for me, it's, it's with Adams, because at first they said it was contract issues. And I said, oh, look at this. This is not a surprise, <laughs> you know, and and I remember episode 100 when um Connor Rogers came in and me and him and, and you know, and I and we me and him said the same thing, like Jamal Adams going to get traded very soon. And this was Seattle's fault for, for giving that overhaul for for Adams, because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have got out, you know, uh, Vera Tucker. Yeah, Elijah Robert Tucker. So shout out, shout out to Seattle for that. Thank you. <laughs> and we still got another first rounder for next year. So yep. shout out to Seattle for that. Um I I just feel like you know them guys are, are very important. And I, I know Gilmore, he'll play a big role for that cornerback. Um I I just don't know if Bill Belichick is gonna pay him. Um, I don't know. Adams still wants 16 to 18 million, which to me <laughs> is like critical because, you know, it's like I, I tell people he's like the upgraded version of the Louisville slugger. Yeah. So and I'm not trying to throw shade. He's not the he's not the best best safety and coverage. Um, but at the same time, you know. You know, just be glad we we don't have to deal we don't have to deal with none of that drama and and if Seattle wants to pay him then they'll pay him but I don't I don't think Seattle will pay him <laughs> and it's going to get really critical and he's going to be mad 
and he's going to throw a tantrum, and then he's going to do the same thing with the next team. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, though, in these, in these holdouts, man. And then, oh, yeah, also Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just heard that Aaron Rodgers, that negotiations might not start until July, until next month, like late next month. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was very critical for that one. Um, the next one is Nagy. He said he said that Ed Dalton is the start. Week one started without a doubt. Justin Fields is 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 not the starter. Just trust the process. Why should why should we even listen to Nagy and why is Andy Dalton starting? <laughs> um, I'll be quite honest. You know, unless I'm saying thinking of I'm just thinking about Chicago's team. You know, in general, um, maybe having you know the veteran guy, you know, start at least um, could help in terms of, as I said, in terms of the development, and also the fact that uh, you know you might not want to, you know, put a guy you know like Fields out there and essentially, you know, it'd be too fast, you know, for him to get out there because they're the supporting cast that, you know, he has in place might not, you know, they might not gel, be gelling as quickly. So at the end of the day, I think you, you put out Dalton, you let him play. Um, you have a solid defense that, you know, that can at least, you know, keep you in games. And just see how it goes. You know, feels insane. I don't, I haven't heard any reports out of, you know, the camp in terms of how well, you know, Fields was doing, but maybe they're seeing something in regards to, you know, his play and maybe just the, you know, the, the offense and how it's running and they're just not comfortable with him, you know, giving him the range yet. So I would say, you know, you're at that, like I said, at, the, at that point, your best bet is to throw the veteran guy in and let him take the lumps and not your, you know, your brand new, you know, first round quarterback that you're hoping to be your franchise guy, you know, going down, going down the road. Right. And I feel like for me, if you want to put Phil's in, you don't have to put him like after like maybe 10 or 11 weeks. You know, the first five is okay. You know, you got the Rams. They got the Rams, Bengals, Browns, Lions, and Raiders. They could possibly go three and two, all depending on how they play. But then that mm-hmm. next five hits heavy because if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to play, it's the Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers, Steelers, and Ravens. And that's a that, – you could go on five quickly with that. So if if – if they want to bring Phil's in, bring him back, bring him like maybe week 11 and then see what happens. Unless if Andy Dalton pulls a a, a, a fist magic out of his hat <laughs> and then says, okay, I'm playing well, which I, which I going to do, which I don't see Andy Dalton doing. We saw, we saw what he did with the Cowboys and it just didn't go well. So <laughs> I'll give it until week 11 and then they'll just say, all right, we it's this all right, Dalton. You got your shine. Now, now we're gonna let our young guy do what he's supposed to do, and then we'll see Phils. 
So, yeah, this is critical for that, though. Um, we got an update on the, the players and coaches with and without the vaccine, which to me was was very interesting. Um, okay, so if the players and, and coaches is fully vaccinated, of course, no testing, no masks, no physical distancing, um, no quarantine, no travel restrictions, and, you know, they may use the sauna steam room and they may interact with vaccine friends, family and friends during their travel. And if you're not fully vaccinated, you still required to be tested every day. Um, masks must be worn at all times. Um, must quarantine if, if they got a high risk exposure to COVID. Uh, a 15 player limit in the weight room, <laughs> which is crazy. The staff must grab and go. No meals in the cafeteria. Uh, may not leave team hotel to eat in restaurants. Like it's like this is this this shit is just crazy. Even they have the uh, even they have like player tier one and tier two interviews may be conducted in person, provided that physical distancing must be maintained. Media members. Um, well, it sounds like they not they not doing the um what we talked about, like having the coaches work in office. Um, so how do you, how you feel about that? Is that fair? Um, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put in a, the perspective of fairness. You know, I'm pretty sure all of this is done, you know, with the aspect of, you know, safety and, you know, whatever liabilities that can come about if, you know, someone contracts it and, they weren't following, you know, the, the the safest of guidelines. But I guess, as I said, I'm I'm at the point where I think, in some cases, it might just be getting maybe a little bit too cautious if we're looking at the vaccine as being, you know, the catalyst for things, you know, to be better. Um, like just for example, out here in uh, in New York, uh, you know, Cuomo just pretty much opened stuff back up. You know, outside of I think schools and hospitals and stuff. You know, he lifted all of the you know COVID restrictions for you know like restaurants and movie theaters and bowling alleys. You know, because they they looked at it as they wanted at least 70% of New York's population be vaccinated and they got to that point. So it's, it's interesting to say that they are looking to open up at that point because um, you can, they're still saying, you know, obviously you can still contract it even if you're, you know, vaccinated, but in the same interim to just lift everything with you know another thirty percent of people being unvaccinated, to me it just kind of goes. It seems like all of the the whole process that we led up to this to this point was something for show and not for actual scientific data type of you know precaution. You know, but I guess you know with money definitely being the a catalyst behind all this that's probably why we they have to go this route you know i don't just think that things eventually needed to open back up you know for you know the economy to even you know get back to somewhat 
of a normal status so people can start living their lives. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just crazy because the fans are supposed to be coming back at a full capacity too. Um, I had got an email from, from I guess, the you know, New York Jets team that, um, you know, the protocols was basically like, we, we don't have to wear nothing if, if they, um, what was it? If, if we show that we got fully vaccinated or if we got the negative, negative COVID test. So I, I think, I think it was just crazy. I think it's just crazy. <laughs> you know, like they, they, they need the money at this point. You know, these mm-hmm. owners need the money because they took a, a, a really, really bad fall. Like, it's just, it's just crazy, man. You know, it's going to be some probably still with masks on, but you're going to see most of, most of them fans with no mask. Like, it's a normal day. So, this is, this is crazy, man. I just, I just hope, you know, things go back to normal. They probably won't ever go back to normal how it was before, but this is what we got to deal with right now. So, we might as well call this the new normal. (laughs) You know, in our, in our last topic for the night, um, of course, it's about another team. Uh, instead of five pick Peterman, can we say five pick Tua? Because five, <laughs> because Tua has thrown five interceptions <laughs> in his first, <laughs> in first at the Dolphins' first uh, mini camp practice. So, oh man, I, Kyle, I, I just, I, I don't know why I thought about you when I saw the third interception. <laughs> I, I, I contacted you, and I know you was on vacation, and I said. So I picked Tua, and then this shit happened, and I I was just laughing so hard. I said, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I said that 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 whole situation over there is going to be, you know, pretty interesting. You know, I said okay, we can't call him five pick Tua, you know, because we we got five pick Peter um Peterman. So yes, and for, for that, him, that, that name is undefeated for five pick uh, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. And, and, and I think he's still playing. And I think he's still signed with the Raiders, right? Yes, the, the, this this man is still employed, like somehow. Wow, <laughs> I just don't understand like what Gruden sees in him. But yes, he is still employed. <laughs> that, this is sad because we we remember his first game. He threw them five interceptions in the first half. And we always and we always get a good laugh out of that. And then. And then he had a couple of messed up games, and I was just like, you know, maybe he won't sign no more. But of course, it's always John Gruden to sign those type, those type of guys. And it's just, it's just sad. That it's sad. I'm not going <laughs> to get at Tua yet, but I wasn't really big, big on Tua. Like I actually chose Justin Herbert over him in my draft. I think in my draft. I think um, in my what was it, the 2019 draft? I think I chose. I think I did. I, yeah, I did Herbert over Tua in my draft, which was which okay. is crazy. Well, no, that's crazy now because you see what you see what Herbert's doing. So yeah, and I'm hearing great things about Herbert. I heard he's really comfortable, and that he might he might be on going to a next level this season. And also, I heard uh, Derek Carr. Speaking of the Raiders, I heard Derek Carr said, um, I think Carr said if he if he doesn't play with the Raiders, he's going to retire. So, well, don't, just don't be surprised. Just be on the lookout for that against eventually soon. <laughs> Maybe the next few years. But he said he doesn't want to play for no other team. So, Okay. 
Yeah, if he actually yeah. get released, yeah, it's over. So it's, it's over. So he yeah. he 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 not gonna be a Hall of Famer, but you know, <laughs> at least he made it. <laughs> Ain't no, ain't no shade, ain't no shade to it, man. But yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. I'm sorry I for the short. No, go right ahead, Kyle. No, I said I got, I got one. I said before you wrap it up, I got, got a question for you. I said I, I, I took it from, uh, I said it's not football related, but in, in a sense, it is because, um, as you see, like to kind of like build, like I guess some sort of character, um just identification with the players, you know, have you seen that they've been like, when they come out for uh, practice, how they'll have questions for the, for the players to answer into the camera before they hit the field? Yeah. Have yeah. I have been paying that attention. I think they, I think the Jets do that too. Yeah. So Not, yeah. I was saying, I was looking and I said, I was going to ask the question that they asked um, today. So they, they asked the players, um, what was their, uh, Favorite funniest movie. So that's that's my question for you. What, what's yours? <laughs> oh man, uh, I got I got. Oh my god, see, like one that actually just made me laugh, and I was just like crying. See, I I have a couple. Um, I think my number. I think my number one was uh was maybe 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 it was uh I don't know. I love I love Chris Tucker, man. I go with Rush Hour. And I'm not a Kevin Hart fan, um, but I like Kevin. I like the Kevin Hart's with the uh, with the Ice Cube movies because Kevin Hart remind me of Chris Tucker, you know, okay. like 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 a sidekick type of thing. And and I, I like I said, I'm not a Kevin Hart fan. I, I hate the stand up comedy, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I think my favorite would be if I had to pick, it would be either no, you know what? Forget all of that. My favorite is Harlem Nights. Harlem Knights, hands down, hands down. <laughs> Richard Pryor, um, Richard Pryor, <laughs> you know, my, my boy Red Fox and Eddie Murphy, mm. you can't beat that lineup. You cannot beat that lineup. So I'm I'm going with Harlem Knights, man. Yeah, and it was funny because they, they had a couple of players come out and, and no one said Harlem Knights, but one said the movie that I have, if not neck and neck, but maybe a slightly more favorite in, in my perspective, which was um, uh, life with Eddie oh, Murphy. Yeah, and that's a classic. Yeah, that 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 movie that was one of the like throughout like joke after joke after joke, just laughing throughout the entire movie. Like that was one of my favorites in terms of uh, you know, funniest. But definitely, Hall of Nights is up there, and I think probably my number three is Half Baked, which um, yeah, that's a funny ass movie too. <laughs> That is a funny ass movie. I just, you know, like I, 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 I know we we're supposed to wrap it up, but I, I would say that you know these movies that's coming out now is not as great as it was back back then. And if anybody know what we're talking about, y'all will y'all will understand. You know, it's the same for TV series. We don't get as many as many good you know shows as it was back then. You know, and this to me it's just sad. But yeah, I think my. I think my, I think my, I think, yeah, Harlem Nights, uh, Rush Hour would probably be three. My second one would be that, uh, the Eddie Murphy, uh, Raw and Uncut. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that would be my three, but Harlem Nights is definitely my favorite because I was just watching that on Netflix 
I think a few weeks ago, and I was just laughing my ass off at work. I wasn't even paying. I wasn't even doing no work. I was just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at Netflix the whole two hours and some change. So yeah, that yeah, it'd be it'd be Harlem Nights. But mm. but that's but that's it right there for our, you know for our episode. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast again. Follow Kyle Virgil Domus. Follow me at Davin NY. To MD. Um, we do this for y'all every week. Until next week, we're taking flight. Take flight.